Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter 1. I had a whole intro, I'm going to forego that this morning and just jump into the Word this morning. The title of my message is back on page 1. It says, A Plan Through Faith. You know, if there's ever a time that we need to have greater faith in God, in humanity, in the church, it's now. And I find that it's in times of uncertainty, it's times of grief, it's times when we feel overwhelmed, it's times like COVID-19 that we start to question things. We wonder, what, what's going to happen next? What can I do next? And we go to so many different things in our lives uh, in these times of crisis, but I'm going to skip right down to this. I believe that as a church, as Christians, we need to go to God. It's the best option for us. But you know, as, as a Christian, and even as a pastor, sometimes I find myself not going to God, not, not making going to God my first option. I'll work hard myself, I'll go to other people, sometimes I may even just stand idly by and do nothing, but the reality is we should always go to God in hard times, in troubling times, when we feel overwhelmed and we don't know what to do next. Have you ever said... I've done everything else, well, now maybe I should pray. I, I think that should be the first thing that we go to. In fact, my wife tells me that all the time. Brian, have you prayed about it? Brian, have you asked God about it? And I'm thankful for her because without that, there's times I may not go to God first. But I believe in going to God, there's more than just answering our prayers that He wants to do. I believe He wants to build our faith in these times. Right now, with this time we have of possibly not working, having our lives rearranged by a virus, we should ask this question, God, do you want to do something through me? You see, God's not doing things to us in this time. He wants to do things through us. I believe this very much. And right now it's possible that we have, as we're facing this COVID-19 crisis, that God wants to do something through me, and I believe he wants to do something through you. Yeah. The things that God wants to do through you in moments like this may seem impossible. But I hope you'll be encouraged today to put your faith in God. Because it's in times like this that God wants your faith and my faith to grow. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. And my prayer is that I will have greater faith in this time. My prayer is for you that you will have greater faith in this time. And that we will be pleasing to God as we face this, this crisis, this COVID-19 virus crisis. That God will say, you're doing awesome. You're doing great. You've placed your faith in me. You see, faith for me is not some philosophical or mystical concept. It's an evidence that's what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says. It's tangible. It's touchable. I can observe my faith, and you can observe my faith as I can yours in our lives. You see, faith is something in our lives that can be observed by the outside world. And my, my encouragement to you today is that the world sees your faith. Faith is me believing in something that I have not seen yet. And even though I haven't seen this, I can still act upon it. I believe that God is trying to grow greater faith in us through this crisis. 
In these moments like right now, when it seems like we're facing an impossible situation, where we don't have all the answers, where our resources are depleting, where I cannot think of a way out of this, moments like this, God wants to grow our faith. Amen. You know, there's a person in the Bible that we're going to talk about this morning. Her name is Hannah. And God wanted to grow her faith in a situation that seemed impossible in her life. So if you would, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We'll start in verse 2. And so Hannah was married to this guy named Elkanah. Cool name, I know. That's uh, what it is. Let's, let's, let's just read it. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. I'm sorry, but as soon as I said that just now, I thought of like a TLC show. <laughs> the Bible's not TLC, but here we have, you know, a guy with two wives. Okay. Peninnah uh, had children, but Hannah did not. Verse 3. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifices, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. This, this is Hannah's dilemma. This is, this is her overwhelming problem that she's a wife who can't be a mother. She can't have kids. Verse 6, so Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. I don't know about you, but it must be pretty bad if you were so overwhelmed and so grieved and so stressed out that you can't even eat eat. Imagine what this would have been like to be Hannah. She wanted to have children, but she couldn't do anything about it. She was what seemed to her to be in an impossible situation. I mean, as a woman and as a wife, her identity and her future was found in being a mother. That was her legacy, and for her to not be able to be a mom in this culture in that time, she had no value. She can't look past her situation. She can't manipulate the moment. She can't ignore it. There's nothing she can do but cry and grieve and hope that this impossible situation may, might change. Above that and beyond that, not only is she in an impossible situation, she's being provoked and taunted by a person in her own home that has everything that she wants and will not give her sympathy or comfort in this time. Reminding her constantly of what she does not have. Telling her that she is not enough. You see, Hannah is not just wanting. She is in a place in her life where she is completely lacking. There's a gap. I, I, I love that Pastor Kyler sang that last song because it says, you know, how, how great a chasm lies between us. This is what Hannah was experiencing. There was a lack or there was a gap between what she was praying for and what her reality was, where she actually was. 
Which leads me to my first point this morning. Number one, the lack in our life is faith's greatest opportunities. The lack that Hannah had in her life has the potential to be faith's greatest opportunity to grow in her. Anytime there is a gap between where we are and where we want to be, we need to understand this. The gap or the lack is not God doing something to us. It's actually God allowing space so that our faith can grow to a greater level. Right now as we are facing this, this crisis, this COVID-19 crisis that it is, we can think that there's this huge gap between where we are and where we wish we were right now. But I'm telling you, God has this lack right now as an opportunity to grow your faith. You know, we're often praying against the deficits we see. And I'm not saying not to pray against this virus. I think we should. I, I agree with my wife, Tara, that we need to break the back of this virus. But it might be also that part of this is that we need to pray that God will show us how we can grow our faith in this time and how we can go to the next level that God has for us. COVID-19 has so many personal challenges with it. As I said, people are being laid off of work. We're being isolated in our homes. We, we can't socialize or meet those people we normally are with. We, we can't uh, comfort one another. There's a gap right now between how we think something should be and what's really happening in our lives. I believe that it's in this gap of life that we can pray right now in a different way. We can get our eyes focused on God to see what He has for us in this season of life. I believe we can exercise and grow our faith in these times right now. You see, without the gap, we wouldn't have the opportunity to grow. I'm not trying to downplay our anxieties, our overwhelming feelings, the weightiness of this moment, but hopefully we will look at this time in hindsight and see that the lack that we have faced was actually a gift for God to grow our faith. It's in the deficits, it's in these gaps between what we want and what, what actually is that our faith is able to grow to the next level. So in this time, plan to pray and hope for your faith to grow. When you feel overwhelmed, when you see things that seem to be impossible, when you're angry about the situation at hand, it's in moments like these, moments that you may be facing right now because of COVID-19 or maybe even something else in this life, that you can develop faith that otherwise would not have developed. You see, if we don't walk through the hard times, the deficits of life, then we will not grow our faith. You see, this is it. Faith is developed in deficits. Hannah walked out her faith, crying out to God for a child in a time that she was lacking. You see, it was not God who was doing something to her, but God was developing something in her, developing something greater. In the same way, God's not doing something to you or to me right now in these moments that seem impossible. He's actually wanting to develop something in us right now where we're at. Amen. Sorry, I heard myself delayed a bit there. Okay, let's get back on track. Because of what he has done, how he has provided, how he has healed, 
how God has blessed my life, I can respond to situations like this in a different way. I can let my faith grow. You see, when I, when I sing about how God is my healer, how he's my provider, how he's my shelter, how he's my strength, my savior, my friend, I worship in a different way because I praise God in a different way because I know him in a different way because of the lack in my life at times. When I've pressed to him those times when I felt like I couldn't go forward. Just like, just like Hannah did. You see, I respond in a different way because I know him in a different way. So my encouragement challenge to you this morning is this. Maybe God wants you to know him in a different way as you go through this time. The deficit that you face right now is faith's opportunity. I, I've, I've noticed this. My, my faith has never grown in comfort. My faith has never grown when things are nice and easy. My faith grows when I have to get down on my knees to pray. Amen. When I have to cry out to God because my abilities are maxed out. But I know I serve a God whose abilities are never maxed out. Amen. You see, there's strength that comes from the inside of me, from my faith in times of hardship. So today, if you feel like you're walking through an impossible situation, this would be your opportunity for your faith to shine in your life. But not only in your life, but also for others to see the faith that God has put in you. You see, it's all how we see life. I don't know how many times I have prayed in my life, God, use me. And it's when I pray that prayer that God says, okay, I'm going to have to develop some faith muscles in your life so that I can use you. And the next thing I know, I'm praying like, God, stop this. God, stop that. But he's saying, I thought you said you wanted to be used. I'm going to allow some tough times in your life, Brian, because that's going to help you grow in your faith. I can't pray, God, take away these problems. I can pray, God, bless my life. And all of a sudden I have more payments, more responsibilities, more headaches. I'm like, God, help me with all this stuff. It's like, I thought you said you wanted to be blessed. This is the responsibility of part of being blessed. You're going to have hard times. You're going to grow stronger. Your faith is going to develop. Yeah. God, help me to reach others. Help me to be a vessel to share your word with other people. But then I complain when God makes me a bridge and people walk over me to get to the cross. You see, if we're going to pray for God to lay his hand on us, to bless us, to use us, then we better also pray for the strength to hold the blessings and responsibilities that God wants to place on our lives. Amen. You see, to hold the weightiness and responsibility of the blessing, we need to develop our muscles of faith to be able to hold it, to be able to stand under the responsibility that God has for us in our lives and our future. The thing that God wants to place on you. You see, God will not grow small faith to do big things. He never has. He never will. Could it be that this time that we face right now, God is trying to develop greater, stronger faith in your life. To do greater and bigger things in your life. And for your family, for your church, for your community. I think it is. You see, I will thank God for the hard times, because I know that he is doing something in me in this season to prepare me for the next season. I never thought I'd be preaching to a, to a, to a screen, to an empty church. 
We've actually had more people in our church at this time than we've ever had before. Amen. It stretches us. It grows us. prepares us for something more that God has. Let's keep reading about Hannah. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. It says, as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. This is the high priest. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded? Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged that I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant and request what you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. So if the lack, if, if the lack in our life is faith's opportunity, then a word of faith is the foundation that we're looking for. It amazes me that how quickly Hannah went from weeping and grieving to no longer being sad and getting her appetite back ready to eat. What changed in her life? She received a word. The word that Hannah got from Eli changed her immediately. The word called her to leave in a different direction than what she came into. She came in grieving. She left comforted because of a word that was given to her. The word was her faith's foundation to stand on. She didn't have a baby in her womb. There's no baby bump. She had a word. You see, when you're facing impossible situations, you don't need everyone else's opinion. You just need a word from God. Amen. You don't need a how-to book. You just need the book. Amen. You need a word that God has for your life. Faith is not a feeling. It is literally an anchor onto God. In fact, the Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It may be a dark time for you right now. But you will get through this when you have a word from God. Yes. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. You see, what God says he will do, he always does. He'll do it. So, at this time, we need to anchor ourselves into his word. You know, I, I think of words, I think of the times that God has challenged people and called them to him. The first person that always comes to mind is Peter. You know, he's out in the boat, Jesus is walking on water, and Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out to you. And Peter did. Jesus said, come. And with that one word, Peter started to walk on water. You know, we always focus on how Peter sank, but I'd rather focus on the fact that there's 11 other guys in the boat that they could have responded to that same word and they could have walked on water. Honestly, I, I wish sometimes more Christians would be like Peter, not completely saved per se. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean by that? I mean... Peter was a crazy guy. You know, he, he always put his foot in his mouth. He was always packing, packing a sword. When, when Jesus said, does anybody have a sword? The first person who pulled a sword out was Peter. He said, I've got one right here. I don't know. I'm 
not saying more Christians need to be that way as far as packing. Maybe they do. I don't know. But, but Peter was one that when God said to do something, he would go. Amen. We need to be that way in our lives. You can believe in the word that God has given you all day long. But you know what? Until you're willing to act on the word that God has given you, you're not going to be anchored in Him. So Hannah held on to the word that Eli gave her. Whatever you ask of God, let it be done to you. Mm. Amen. Hannah would go on to have a son. His name would be Samuel. She dedicated him to God and said, One day I'm going to give him back to you. But it took a while. Let's keep going. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 24. It says, When the child was weaned, you know, it became an age where he could leave his mom, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord for his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. So again, faith. If the lack in our lives is faith's opportunity to grow, and the word is the foundation which faith is built on, that I think is the sacrifices that we make. Number three is faith's test in our lives. So the sacrifice is faith's test. I don't believe the test for Hannah was believing that God would give her a baby boy. I don't believe the test was that his name would be Samuel. I, I believe the test was when it came time to give him back to God, would she do it? It was returning him once he was already in her arms that Hannah's faith was now tested. The test was, Hannah, I'm going to give you what you want. But can you hold your son, not with a closed hand, but with an open hand? I think a lot of times it's the same test for all of us. When God answers our prayers, when He gives us the breakthrough, when He gives us the blessing, when He opens these doors in our lives, can we hold what He has given us with an open hand? Knowing that when God, when God asks for it back, when He wants to use what He has given you for His plan, will we let Him have it? Will it be His way, or will it be how we want to do it? My way. You see, as long as our hands are closed, we're not going to allow God to take us to that next level in our lives. It may be right now in this time that we're experiencing as a church, as families, that God is saying to you, open your hands up. You're being tested right now. Will you trust me with what I have entrusted to you? I think about Hannah and how she has her son Samuel. And ultimately, she didn't need Samuel as much as Israel needed a prophet. That's good. God knew this. God wasn't birthing something in Hannah. He was birthing something through Hannah. Mm, that's good. A prophet who later on would anoint a shepherd boy named David, who would become the king of a nation, who through his lineage, a Messiah baby named Jesus would be born, Amen. who would come and be our savior. 
to this world. To take away all the sins of humanity. God was birthing something through Hannah. Not just for Hannah or in Hannah. But for you and for me as well. So my question to you this morning is a simple one. What does God want to birth in you in this time right now that may seem overwhelming? How does he want to grow your faith? Where you may feel a lack or a deficit, this great chasm between us and God, or between you and your work, or you and your community. How can God use that to build your faith that's stronger for the next thing he has for you after this crisis is over? How you may be able to touch your world, touch your community, your school, your home. I believe that if you're willing to live with an open hand, to God, that great things can happen for you. I believe this is the real test. This is the real faith test. Can we sacrifice that which God has given to us and give it back to Him? So many times God has given me what I've asked for. But will I give it back to God when He asks it back from me? You see, God asked for Samuel. And through him, not just a nation, but ultimately the entire world was blessed. What can God do with your sacrifice? This is the real test of faith. So, the lack that we face is faith's opportunity to grow. So don't curse it, don't run away from it. Grow through it. Find a word. Find something in your Bible that can hold you, that can anchor you down. Because the word of God is faith's foundation for your life. Amen. Do not anchor yourself to anything else but to God. Yes. And when God gives you a word, be encouraged. Amen. And get something to eat. Amen? Amen. <laughs> the, the phrase, let go and let God, applies. But you can only let go if your hand is open. And when he gives you what you want, live with that open hand. Because this sacrifice that you may make in this season, this time right now, is faith's real test. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for this day to still meet with my church family. God, I ask that you would just help us in this time where we may feel like there's gaps between where we are right now and where we wish we were. Things we, we want to happen in our lives right now, but they're not happening. God, if there are people that are hearing my voice right now that are overwhelmed, that they're anxious, that they're grieving, that they just they see no hope in an impossible situation, Father, right now, give them eyes to see that this is an opportunity to grow our faith. This is an opportunity to trust you. This is an opportunity to live out our faith. So make that realization known to each and every one of us right now. Father, for those who are grieving right now, again, Lord, for the, the Belcher and Lovin family, God, comfort them right now in the time of their loss. Be with each and every person who's experiencing loss in this time. There's so many families, Lord. And Father, help us just to continue to be the church. Help us to stay connected in any way which we can. Help us to find purpose in our lack, God and grow us in our lives. We love you. We thank you for this day to be in church together, even though we're in our homes and 
and so many different places, God. We thank you that we can still meet and be encouraged by one another. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless